Welcome to Rhythm and Words, a podcast exploring the rhythm of women in their 20s. I'm your host, Vivian Crooko, but you can call me Viv. The stories shared on this podcast dive into the joys, lessons and journeys that we experience as 20-somethings in the world today. If nothing else, I hope that the following conversation inspires you to explore your own rhythm in one form or another. At the time of recording, the self-care industry is estimated to be worth $11 billion. Damn. But that doesn't make the conscious, purposeful action of self-care any less important in today's world. If you're anything like me, then you probably have curated your own self-care list. Mine includes reading, face masks, swimming in the ocean, and phone-free time. Self-care is an extremely personal act and a way for us as women to celebrate ourselves. Today's guest is self-care advocate and business owner, Daniela Elias. Having suffered from burnout in her previous career, Daniela was determined to no longer put herself at the bottom of the list. Now she's teaching women the power of self-care in all its forms, through tea meditations, mindfulness workshops, and digital resources. Her approach is refreshing, practical, and focused on coming back to ourselves. Let's dive deep with Daniela. Thank you so much for coming on to Rhythm and Words. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so pumped, seriously, I have no idea. <laughs> Daniela's got some beautiful red lipstick on uh, that you cannot see, but it looks quite cute. And I appreciate just the effort. It's a little bit buff. <laughs> yeah, it makes a difference though. It's very on theme as well for our topic today, I think. Awesome. So to start off, can you give our listeners uh, your definition of self-care? Oh, gosh. Okay. So my definition of self-care is probably everything that goes against what you read online. So I don't believe that self-care is just like, you know, bubble baths and face masks and all of that, like, basic stuff. I mean, it can be that, but I really believe that self-care is when you see the sign that you're exhausted, you're tired, you need to look after yourself and you figure out that, you know, you need to either focus on your mind, your body or your soul even. And then you personally choose something that will work for you. So self-care is going to look different for absolutely everyone. So for me today, for example, I needed to kind of get out of my own head. I needed to just shake things up. So my self-care practice today was literally dancing around in the middle of my home. I was in my bedroom, dancing around to music from the nineties, just loving life. And that shook my whole vibration and got me into this great mood. That for me was self-care, but that might look different to someone who might need to, you know, go work out at the gym for a bit just to get into a different space or, um, you know, it could be changing the way you eat. It could be saying no to something that you don't actually want to do instead of just saying yes to freaking everything. Mm -hmm. You know, self-care really does come in so many different forms. Um, I don't even have one definition for you. It's so, it's so diverse. Yeah. So I don't think that even helps, but. <laughs> no, that's okay. Cause I think the same thing, like it's so subjective for the person. Absolutely. And I think that's almost like the hurdle is figuring, figuring out what self-care is to you and yeah. how you can actually implement it in your everyday. That's part of the journey as well. You know, it's, it's about firstly recognizing what actually does work for you, then committing to put that into your your daily routine or your weekly routine, whatever it is. And 
it's going, some days you'll be so great at it and you'll feel awesome. But other days you will just, you know, go back to square one and have to start again. But that's what self-care is, that constant journey, you know, going rounds and rounds. And yeah, it is that constant practice. Definitely. And why do you think it's so important for women to prioritize self-care? Because we don't prioritize ourselves. <laughs> like ever. This is what we do naturally. Naturally, as women, we look around us and we see all of these people in our lives or our jobs, our businesses, whatever it is. We see everything and everyone else that we think needs our help. And we always put ourselves to the side to go and be that first call for everyone else. And you know, what happens is we constantly yes to things, we constantly help everyone out and putting us all the time, we just think, oh, it's fine, we'll get around to it, but we never do and we never prioritize ourselves either. So um, as women, I think we really, it's important for us to really start to prioritize our well-being and our own wellness. How old were you when you first yeah. started incorporating um, and practicing self-care? And like, was it a conscious shift for you or something that you kind of started doing without realizing it? Um, it was definitely a conscious shift because, so I've always understood the importance of self-care because I have like this freaking phenomenal mother who just was the queen or well, she still is the queen <laughs> of self-care in my mind. Um, and she taught me so much, but I, I always laughed at her practices and it wasn't really for me at the time. It wasn't until I became a full-time teacher and I threw myself into that world. I was a teacher for five years, high school teacher. So it was, you know, very fast paced, high stress. And I was at the time very eager to climb up that ladder. Um, so I was working myself to this point of just pure exhaustion and then throwing at the time Amity was my side hustle. So throwing that on top of it, you know, self-care did not exist for me then. I was a bundle of freaking nerves constantly, tears most nights, you know, dermatitis, dermatitis flaring across my face and, you know, wow. I'm losing an intense amount of weight. My physical health was seriously um, in question and going downhill and my mental health was a, dis a disaster at the time. And so it took a few people to firstly sit down with me and actually say, look, are you okay? Like what's going on? for me to open up a little bit and, and explain how I was feeling overwhelmed at the time. And then also um, a few wake-up calls in terms of looking around at the time and seeing what I was doing to the relationships around me and to myself. And it just, it was like a light bulb. Do you want me to tell you the moment, the light bulb oh, yes. moment? Yes. yes. Okay. Oh, I love this story. I actually <laughs> shared this story with someone today. It's the best. Okay. So everything was downhill, like life, mm -hmm. chaos, rah, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I was in my worst point I live in a unit block so we have one designated car spot right oh. and so I drive down into my unit um I had just finished I used to be like the debating coach at school so cool oh, I know wow. um, and I used to stay back with the kids <laughs> I used to stay back with the kids until like 10 30 at night on every Friday and it was really oh long and exhausting whatever so I drove home it was past 10.30. I was tired and over it and thinking, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in my early 20s. That stage I was in my early 20s. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm so boring. Like, when did I become this boring person? And I wasn't happy, right? Yeah. And when I drove down into my, my car parking space, someone else was in oh. my spot. And that was it. It was like, and that's not really a big deal, right? But I think so much had piled on that mm -hmm. I just 
flipped switch. So I was a teacher, right? So I had like this huge pencil case full of stuff. So I thought, that's it. I'm writing a note. Like I'm <laughs> exactly how I feel Mm -hmm. and it was a super passive aggressive note and I'm not proud of doing that but it's such a pivotal point (laughs) in the story right so I didn't think this through properly because it's a unit block everyone knows each other and so uh, the car I didn't know whose car it was at the time but the note I placed on the car um the lady she knew it was me so (laughs) the next morning I'll send you a photo of this the next morning I sounds like a very well like it was I have to give it to her it was very neatly carved but there was a word that was carved on the side of my car door and it started with an sl and it ended in a t right so oh it was oh my god like a big statement and so this is what happened in that moment one part of Daniela was like absolutely burning inside you know I was like oh my goodness I can't believe it. And then the other part of Daniela, and this is where the switch happens, I just cracked up laughing because I thought, <laughs> you know what, Daniela, this is exactly what mum always said. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put out that type of energy, then you need to expect that it's going to come back 10 times, you know? So yeah. I put all of my like emotional shit into that post. <laughs> <In the letter. laughs> Probably too late for me to ask. I'm swearing away. Sorry. No, go um, swear. Go. <laughs> I put all of my shit on that letter, on that post-it note. And it, I'd never stopped to consider, now I know who it is. We said it our differences. Always great. Mm. <laughs> um, but I never stopped to consider, okay, well, maybe she parked, maybe there was an emergency, you know, mm. and she parked there for a reason. I didn't stop to think of all of those things. I just went straight into that anger and that anger actually had nothing to do with with her or the situation, but it was all the stuff I'd been carrying. And I hadn't been looking after my own well-being, my mental state enough to be able to realize it at the time. And so like two days after that is when I went into school and I um, resigned from my full-time position. And I just said like, enough, that's enough. Yeah. I need to look after me. That's amazing. That's my long answer to that question. (laughs) No, that's great. That actually leads, that led into my next one. That's so interesting. Like it's funny. I was just talking to someone the other day and they had like a big story around um, a stolen car park as well. Like, at the okay. Park. Yeah. Cause I used to have bad issues with it at my old place. Okay. Isn't it funny how like that's such a, a oh, catalyst triggers. for so many people. Yeah. It is such a trigger point. I, I wonder, wonder why. The same lady. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> You'd hope not. And yeah. so how long between resigning? Um, yeah. Well, how long did you give yourself before you decided to start your business? So I had already started my business at the time. I was oh, at the balance okay. point. Yeah. Actually, I was probably, so Amity has been around for four years now and I mm-hmm. was two years in at that stage. So, wow. um, and to be perfectly honest with you, while I was balancing it at school and while I was in that, the business was just so stagnant. Like mm-hmm. I, I hadn't given it the space for it to grow because I just wasn't in that place where I could. So yeah, it was really, that time was quite pivotal for so many reasons, but um, yeah, well-being number one. Wow. That's amazing. Cool. Sorry. So we had a bit of audio issues, um, but Daniela and I were just chatting about how her business, Emily created was, um, it was keeping her sane. It was kind of her, your lifeboat in it, wasn't it? In a respect during all of the chaos. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I had, I, it had been two years that I had Amity for while I was still teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the business itself wasn't really able to grow that much while I was juggling the two only because I wasn't in the, the right headspace, but it did provide me a total space to be myself and to be creative and to explore parts of me that I hadn't been able to do while I was teaching. It was totally my lifeboat. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good to hear and really interesting because I feel like it's the same for a lot of people who do have like the side hustle, Mm -hmm. even though having both of them is so intense. It's like having your business is like actually helping you through all of it. Well, that was it for me anyway. Like I had a hellish job at um, a designing agency and um, I think for the last maybe nine months I was there, I was um, building Rust. So it was okay. really nice to know that even though I had just crap at work, I could come home and have my business and be in control and be yeah. able to set the set the tone and set the pace of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, totally God. makes sense. I think that would be relatable for a lot of women. Yeah. Corporate is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> or high school teaching, it sounds like. Yeah, I can't relate really to corporate, <laughs> but it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting that you... um. Cal, you did five years teaching. Is that right? Yeah. Five years? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I actually studied, um, early childhood for like a year oh, and a half. Yeah. That's and a then whole I, other type of patients oh there. God. Yeah. And yeah. I realized I was just not cut out for it. It was so funny. I was just, yeah. I got to like, I had just like a breaking point where I was like, why am I doing this? I, I don't think I can do this. And I just like quit the course and ghosted everyone. It's so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not bringing this energy into a classroom. Just, yeah, yeah. And, and that's really great because like the thing is with kids they can totally see through that and they can mm. tell mm-hmm. and um, also that I mean while we're on this note that totally came up with me towards the end of that five year sort of um, space so I, I, lo- I loved teaching before I journeyed into Amity and it was yeah. what, what I thought I would always do but the more I developed myself and my within my business, my thought on my future changed and the kids saw it straight away and wow. they were able to see that I wasn't really as focused as what I always was or mm. I was showing up a little bit later and they could tell. So yeah, kids see through that. It's interesting. Yeah, that is so interesting. So on the topic of Amity, I wanted to chat about it a bit more because it is so interwoven with self-care, which I love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you always know that the brand was going to prioritize self-care and mindfulness in your messaging and ethos? No. No? <laughs> not at all. No, no not that. at all, which is surprising. But um, mm-hmm. the truth of it is, so Amity came at a time where I needed to create more time for me mm-hmm. and I did that through tea. So I actually had no business um, experience at all. I had never really been in that space. So I didn't understand anything. Right. So, um, I mean, I'm still learning, but I thought that my, yeah, always, I thought my business was literally about the teacups at the time. Cause now I have more than that, obviously with the self care collection, mm. but at the time it was just teacups. And I thought that was my business was about selling teacups. And honestly, like, I can't believe how wrong that way of thinking <laughs> Um, but that's what it was like in the very beginning few months right and it took me the two years of me being at school to realize that it actually isn't about like the teacup at all it's about the experience of sitting down and drinking your tea mindfully and enjoying that time being just you in that moment and not caring about all the other shit that we carry on our shoulders but it took me two years to figure that out and when I did figure that out well, around the time where I left school, 
um, everything changed and the brand started to slowly change and the voice started to change. And um, that's when I started to show up a lot more and started to just Mm. present myself to my audience and just be like, Hey, this is me. This is my story. And this is why self-care is so important. And recently, last week, you know, you know, Amity went through like this major shift with a rebrand and and all of that. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, this self-care focus that I believe in so like my whole body believes that this is so Mm. necessary and the message is so strong. It's time for it all to shift. So it took a really long time for me to get the brand to that space. Um, but look, four years later, we're here now and I feel like it's really clear. <laughs> yeah, you're doing so well. I think it's, I don't, I can't remember how I came across you actually, but I do remember like I once read one of your captions um, and it was about like making tea um, and drinking tea as like a self-care practice. And, like ever yeah. since then, I've kind of like approached it differently. Even if I okay. don't have time to... um. Like I'm a really slow tea drinker. I don't take milk. So it's always really hot for me. So it's really interesting that like, I don't even think I realized until like writing your questions that it has almost changed my experience and like my relationship to tea as well. Like I'm having, I guess I'm having it less, but I'm also taking longer to sit with it. And I usually make a cup of tea and then read a book or do this or do that. And like, it's not just a quick have to have a cup of tea on the way to work type of thing anymore. Like it's a nice slow experience so thank you actually like no totally that's I love that I love everything about that and like on that you made a comment about um like quick on the way to work so this is what Mm. I've been saying to my audience lately is I have and it might not be practical for all but anyway this is what I do I have literally separated my tea into two types of tea so I have my I call it my work tea and this is like Mm. my um my loose leaf in pyramid bags, like quick, ready to go. Like I don't have time to mm-hmm. sit there and like <laughs> my loose sleep. I don't have, I need to go. Like I'm on the go. I need to be quick. So I have that tea and that's my work tea. But then I've separated that from, and I would normally drink that out of like a mug or mm-hmm. if I'm on the go, like my on the go cup. Um, but if I have my time and I'm sitting there and I want to be mindful, then I make sure I don't touch my work tea oh, and yeah. I go with my special teas, the tea that like makes me so excited to drink because it's pretty and delish. And I force myself to, you know, choose the cup that I'm most, I don't know, attracted to at that time. Oh. Or I'm calling. And I make that, I make that experience different. So I separate mm. my tea drinking to like, okay, I'm, it's quick. It's on the go. I don't have time to, I want to be mindful and present and experience this in a beautiful way. That's so lovely. And it really does make a difference. Like choosing the cups. Like I am a mug fanatic. I think we have about 30 in our cupboard. It's ridiculous. There's a whole shelf of (laughs) mugs. And I was like looking through it the other day because I was like needing to do a bit of a declutter. And I was like, God, I really don't use many of these anymore. And I have my like select few at the moment that like actually spark joy. And I'm like, that's a good mug. And one of them is I brought it from, oh, I can't remember the name of the designer. She's in Melbourne. And it's this beautiful handmade, hand-glazed mug. And it was like, it was about $65. So it was an investment piece. And I remember I went into the shop and I just stared at it for like a good 10 minutes. I just have to get it. And it's so funny. It was an investment piece. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I use it now, it just genuinely like does the whole sparking joy thing. Like I just feel so happy when I use it. And it's so funny how it's 
Yeah. And how it's just the simplest experience is like making a cup of yeah. tea in a mug that I love. And it's like, yeah, it's just Absolutely. nice. Absolutely. I think that is so important. And I think like on mugs, because apart from my Amity mugs, my new ones, the only mugs that I have in my cupboard, they're like plain white. Like I was mm. going to this phase when I moved into my home. <laughs> um, but with, that's so different to what I've created with Amity where I've thought, okay, people want to have that feeling of joy when they mm. drink their tea or their coffee or whatever their you know, liquid poison is. Um, <laughs> and so creating, creating a cup that really makes someone feel like special, that's, yeah. so, that's so important. So important. I love that. You have to send me a photo of the the mug. Yes, I will. It's my pride and joy. I showed my boyfriend it when I got home. Like, you cannot break this. It's one of a kind. (laughs) Yeah, do not touch. (laughs) So I wanted wanted to get into like the nitty gritty of self-care and what are like the ways that you incorporate it into your day-to-day? Okay, sure. Um, So look, Every day does look different. It depends on what I'm doing or what the circumstances are. But without fail, every day I will always meditate. Always. That is like oh. my, that keeps me so incredibly sane. And it's so funny that that is my go to because that was what I used to laugh at my mom about. You know, really? When I was growing up, yeah, she used to, uh, I remember looking out my bedroom window. Mom, I think I told you the story. Looking out my bedroom window, and my mom would be chilling on the grass, like meditating, oh, just soaking yeah. in the sun. And, yeah, yeah. And even recently, and I and I used to tease her for it because I just thought, oh gosh, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> but if I don't meditate now, like as an adult, people around me tend to notice because they'll see that I'm a little bit off. I'm not as like. I'm not as patient and naturally I, I um, feel like I don't have as much patience as what you should have if you're mm-hmm. saying like position, let's say. <laughs> uh, so if I, if I don't meditate, I'm completely off. So every day wow. that's like a without fail have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like the total, um, I mean, everyone's idea of meditation is different, but it might mean like five minutes of a guided meditation that I just I'd type something in YouTube that I need mm. to hear. Um, or I might be doing a tea meditation where I, I go through these steps in my mind of creating a, a, a quiet space, making my tea mindfully in a teapot, watching the tea leaves, you know, dance in the water and, you know, mm. feeling that gratitude of that moment. Um, tea meditation is important for me, but even just normal meditation, like just breathing, focusing on my breath yeah. every day without fail. Um, other self-care things that I do. I'm a big journaler. I love mm-hmm. to journal. Me too. Um, oh, it's just so incredibly relieving, like in so yes. many ways. Yes. And it's so interesting to see what comes up when you journal. Like mm-hmm. today I was doing <laughs> journaling and I just thought, why? I didn't even realize this was still an issue. Why is this coming up? This is interesting. Cool. I need to work on this. Or I need to focus on this or whatever. Um, and so yeah, meditation and journaling are like my Mm go-to. Um, and also my new all the time self-care thing is when people send things across to me, or if someone asks me to do something, I have to pause before I respond and actually think about, okay, Daniela, is this something you want to do? 
Is this something that's going yes. to you know, you forward in your, you know, career journey, um, you know, benefit you, your family or like whatever it is. Is this something you actually want to do? Yes. Cool. Say yes. Go. Leap. No. All right. It's time to put on your big girl pants and actually like <laughs> let them know. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. But it's not something that I want to do right now mm-hmm. and let it go because that is something I really struggled with before. And so that is my like every day making sure that I focus on what I say yes and no to. I love that so much. And it's so, it's funny you bring like all of those up actually, because I just did a, um, I don't know if you've heard about human design before, but I just did. It's kind of like how like a very brief explanation is like astrology, but much, much deeper. So I did my human design chart and it's based on your natal chart. And, um, like I came up as there's four different types of people. I got a generator. Anyway, long story short, it said the type of person I am, you either have to be a fuck yes to what you say yes to, or it's a fuck no. I'm like that's exactly okay. how it was worded. So it's like, you absolutely have to love it and really want to do it yeah. or you can't do it. Because if you do say yes to the crap things, even though you might be doing it to help someone or to please someone or, you know, money yeah. or whatever, like it ends up actually physically draining your energy and you're like, 10 times more likely to get physically ill from it, which I thought was so interesting. Like we'll have a physical reaction to doing stuff that I don't like. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, that runs so true with so many people as well. You know, if we're, we have to think about it differently. If we are constantly doing all the things and we're not prioritizing what is actually of benefit to us or what's going to um, make our, ourselves feel most balanced or whatever it is, If we're saying yes to all the things, we are literally, it's like a phone battery. We are draining it, but we're forgetting to put it back on charge, you know, and by the time it gets to zero and there's nothing left, it takes so long to get back to a state of Mm -hmm. feeling like you can deal with everything. So saying no to things is, is kind of like saying, okay, well, I, I prioritize myself. I'm worthy of, you know, of everything that comes my way, but I'm also able to choose what's going to not drain the shit out of me pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's always like the ultimate act of self-care, isn't it? Being able to be Absolutely. like, no, this isn't Gosh, for me. I, I want my, I look after myself first. Yeah. I and I think, and you know, when we say that, like looking after ourselves first, so many people get like this guilty, like yuck mm, vibe about it. Like, oh, no, 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 selfish. that's really selfish. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, <laughs> so like ready to have a debate because it's just like, well, hold on a second. Like basic rules when you're in an airplane, if the Mm -hmm. plane is about to crash and those oxygen masks pop down, like what do you do? You have to put yours on first so that you can help everyone else. And, you know, human instinct is we automatically go to help people. But yeah, reality is like we're not getting anywhere unless we help ourselves first. So we need to really get past that stigma of self-care being selfish or putting yourself being selfish. No, it's not selfish. It's smart. Yes, exactly. It's smart. Long-term. Yeah, long-term. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't remember. I think it was, um, do you know Melissa Ambrosini? I'm probably butchering yes, her last name. Yes. So I used to like listen to, I think it was her, she has some like meditations or things. Yeah. Anyway, and she was saying like her backstory of how she literally collapsed and was in hospital for like months because of burnout. And then yeah. like, that's how it started her whole journey. So whenever I kind of hear that, 
like have this conversation that always reminds me of her and she was like my first point of contact like into I guess the self-care world and like looking after yourself and getting into spirituality and stuff so yeah it's so interesting it just always reminds me of her and like I think the the story that she said it was just so visually descriptive and I could just like picture her in the hospital bed like looking horrible her hair falling out I'm like I do not want to ever get to that point in my life yeah so you almost gotta like picture at it you at your worst and be like nope not doing that yeah totally totally and I think at some point um I mean I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone that hasn't had an experience where they felt like they've hit that wall Mm. or you know like push themselves to that limit like I would love to meet someone who hasn't experienced that because it's like that's not it's not even human not to experience that everyone will get to a stage where they just feel like what like I have just really worked myself to the absolute bone here and I have nothing else to give. And, you know, even though that's such a shit experience at the time, it's actually so beautiful because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get lower than that. It's like, all right, I, I've hit rock bottom. I really did myself no favors here. But in this, the lesson that I'm going to learn is, well, I don't want to get here again. So this is what I have to do to avoid it next time. So yes. out of like that, you know, crazy situation. There's so much beauty in it. We just need to be able to see it or recognize it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why journaling is so great. It makes you, you can just go deep. I've actually been journaling a lot at the moment and I think it's really good. Um, this is kind of tying into my next question as a jumping off point for women, um, who want to like bring self care into their everyday, but don't know where to start. Honestly, I think writing is one of the best things. It's free. You can do it literally any way. You can do it on your phone. You can do a voice message. You can write it in a journal. And there's just something so freeing about just have, being able to just like word vomit onto a page and not have to feel like you're burdening anyone else with your complaints either. Totally. Or, or being judged even. So yeah. one thing I love about my, when I first started journaling, so there are so many ways as well because there is a little bit of a stigma with journaling. Yes. And, you know, people can be a little bit put off by that. Okay, so it's not like the whole Dear Diary thing that we all do. <laughs> there are no. so many different access points. And mm-hmm. one thing I did from the very beginning was I wanted to just get out all of the stuff that was in my head. So what I would do, and for an, like an uh, a woman with an English teaching background, this is really hard because I am all for the correction and the grammar and the spelling yeah. and like the <laughs> sentences. Like I love that stuff, right? Get me a red pen. But what I would do is I would just write whatever was on my mind or whatever thoughts came through my mind in that moment just before bed. And mm. I would just keep writing, 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 not caring about like any of the neatness or the spelling or any of that stuff, just writing until I had nothing to write. And the second I hit that point of, oh, wow, there's no more thoughts, cool, it's time to sleep. And so that was my way of just emptying my mind before bed. Um, and that was my first, that was the first way I learned how to, that one way of journaling. Um, and I just think it's so easy to do. There's no pressure. And you know what, if you're scared of someone seeing it or reading it, burn it, check it out, like get rid of it. No yeah. one has to. It's such a like, it's a personal thing. It's not for anyone else. So if you're worried about other people, just rip it up, get rid of it. Flush exactly. it down the toilet. That's such a good point. And I often like, not often, but sometimes I have reflected. I'm like, oh God, what happens, you know, when 
I pass away and I've got all of my journals just sitting here. I'm like, I wonder if anyone will read them and be like, what the fuck was she thinking? <laughs> There's some strange stuff in them, but like they'll never make sense to anyone but you anyway. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any other, I guess, suggestions as a jumping off point uh, for women who want to incorporate self-care? I know we touched on meditation um, would you, with meditation, how did you kind of get into it? Like, I guess as a starting off point, because that was something for me that was very, very intimidating. Like the idea of meditating, yeah. even though it's not, it's just sitting still with your eyes closed. But yeah, it's people really yeah. like get like, totally. straight, I, yeah, intense about it. I think there is like this, well, if you ask someone who doesn't meditate what they visualize meditation to look like I'm sure they're going to give you this image of like someone super like hippie looking and then there's like legs crossed and I don't know hands in that weird position like Mm -hmm. it's honestly not (laughs) that at all like I mean I've been taught meditation by so many different people by oh this amazing woman my favorite meditation teacher she basically just had enough with everything that was going on in her life and she just packed up her stuff and she um moved to nepal and she lived there for years with like yeah in like a monastery and it was just like incredible so she was my favorite meditation teacher because she taught me that there is absolutely no right or wrong like Mm -hmm. at all the main key thing to remember with meditation is your the whole focus is on your breath so if you're first starting out meditating, I would recommend that you be in a space where it's comfortable and, and as quiet as it can be mm-hmm. um, and make it your own. So for some people that might be lighting a candle or burning incense or putting on music or, you know, whatever it is, it'll be different for everyone, right? So yeah. being in a space that you feel most safe and comfortable, you can sit down, you can lie down, you can like be in whatever position makes you happy, <laughs> wearing whatever you want. And all you have to do is close your eyes and breathe. And mm. thoughts will come in. It is, it is actually impossible to totally switch off those thoughts. But what you can do is you have a focus point. So if I'm focusing on my breathing, I'll breathe, like I'll take one deep breath in and count to four. So like, one, two, three, four. I'll pause for four and then I'll release for four. Ah. And then I repeat over and over. And when thoughts come in, I'm like, okay, cool. I see you. I acknowledge you, but not right now, girl. Like I need my time. <laughs> I'll come back to you. And I kind of like push it aside and then focus on the numbers on counting, breathing and over and over again, you know, and even if it's like two minutes, that is enough. So five minutes of just breathing, that's meditating, you know, just focusing on breath and and slowing your mind and pushing thoughts across so that you don't like acknowledging them, but pushing them across. That's totally meditation. And then the more you practice that, you'll go from like not needing to count your numbers anymore to feeling really um, comfortable and getting yourself into that quiet space. And you might go from two minutes to five minutes to 10 to 15, you know, and it, and it's just, literally about just being quiet and calm but that five minutes is like enough to completely rebalance yourself Mm. um and also I think it's important on that note to say that you know there are some days where there is so much going on and your mind is just so 
um, scattered that it's going to be really hard to actually get into that space of just calm, quiet, even if it's for two minutes. Like there are days where you just, you just can't. And so when you have those days, like don't beat yourself down or don't, don't get annoyed with yourself or say like, Oh God, I can't do this. Or just be like, okay, cool. It didn't really work today, but that's all right because I'll try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, each day is different and just appreciating that each day is different and, and not to get angry with ourselves, but to know that it is a constant process and to have that patience. Yes, that is such great advice. Thank you. Pleasure. It's something I've, oh, with meditating, I've had a weird relationship with it in terms of like, I know it's so good for me and that I operate better when I do it, but I have yeah. never been able to get into a really good routine with it. But I do yeah. find like on my most stressed days, it's the first thing that I reach for. I'm like, God, I just, I can't, I just can't deal with it right now. So I'm like, sit down on the couch, 15 minutes, put some ocean waves on and just be still. And every yeah, totally. little time, even if I'm just like thinking the whole 15 minutes, I feel better. Yeah. It's just that absolute the stress. Absolutely. And like, like we said earlier, there are so many ways, like I, my favorite, one of my favorites, cause I like, everything's my favorite these days, but <laughs> one of my favorite things is to do something my mom used to teach us as um, kids. And as, as a kid, I never recognized that this was a form of quietening the mind or meditating or whatever we want to, whatever we want to label it, but it totally mm-hmm. is. And she used to say to us, we'd come home from school or whatever, and we'd be so like angry or like frustrated. And she'd say, okay, it's all good. Just go have a shower and mm. put the water on, not, not too hot, not too cold, but just like lukewarm. And she said, when you stand under the shower, just close your eyes and imagine that the water is just hitting your head and then all that stress and all that pressure and all of the frustration that you've had throughout the day oh. is falling off you and then watch <laughs> it go down the drain. And so she was teaching us this beautiful form of visual, like this visualizing our yeah. stress and pressure and worry from the day just literally dripping off us and going down that drain. And we, you know, I would always, I have two sisters. So when we would do this, like <laughs> we would always come out of that or I would come out of the shower and just be like, oh, you know what, like I feel better. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't fix any of the, the problems, mm. but gosh, it, it gives you that moment of quiet and calm so that you can actually look at it clearly, see the situation for what it is, and then start to take action and, and be practical about approaching whatever it is that you're struggling with. But she taught us that as kids, and I still do that to this day. And like my husband does the same thing because That's it's so just cool. become such an important practice for us. Yeah, when we've had a really bad day, I consider that meditation, you know, because yeah. that's you focusing on breathing and focusing on, you know, bringing yourself to the mindful moment. So if you're just starting and, and you want something that's super accessible, I mean, that is very accessible. <laughs> I would totally give it a go. Shower's very accessible. I love that. Your yeah. mom is so wise. She just sounds like oh, the most so beautiful good. person. Wow. She, oh, just It was just a few weeks ago. She was out. I went to visit and uh, my mom's going through like her own, this whole journey at the moment. Um Anyway, so I walked out into the backyard and she was where she always seems to be. She was sitting under the sun and she just opened one eye, looked at me and then she said, Daniela, come outside, be a sun goddess with me. I'm like, oh my God, you're the 
I used to tease you so much, but I still work hard. You're the coolest woman. That is amazing. And, um, yeah, she's incredible. She's incredible. Oh my god, she could have her own empire if she wanted to. Hey, wow. She really have a podcast. There'd be so many people that would want to listen to what she has to say. <laughs> yeah, or workshops. I could just imagine her doing like mindful parenting workshops and stuff like that. Like it's so interesting. I love that. And there's, like, I have younger brothers and I want to tell my parents to do that for them now because it's just such, like, it just sounds like, yeah, it would work. Well, it works for you, so it's definitely going to work. Yeah. Totally, totally. That's so cool. Stella. Is that her name, Stella? Her name's Stella. so cute. Her actual actual name is um, Stellina. We're we're Italian. So her actual name is Stellina, which means little star. But for me, like, she... It's like such an understatement because she, there's no way she's a little star. Like she's this huge, like bright shining star for so yeah. many people. Incredible. Anyway, I could go on all day about my parents. I don't even know her and she feels like a big bright shining star for me. <laughs> <laughs> just from what I've heard, you just, like how you've spoken about her. So I love great. it. So I have one question um, in this kind of area for you of self-care. Cool. Uh, and this is for speaking to all the women who are listening today. What would you say to those who are feeling overwhelmed or exhausted or burnt out? What can they do to come back to themselves? Okay, well, first of all, the first thing I would say is, like, girl, it, it is okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it honestly is okay. I promise you, you are not the only one who's experiencing this. Like, we all, we, every single one of us has been in the exact same spot that you are mm-hmm. in right now. And you know what? It is so okay. You are definitely going to get through it. And there are so many people, even if you don't realize it, even if you don't see it right now, but there are so many people around you who would absolutely love to just listen and to just help and to be that support if you choose to take that support or if you feel like it's something you want. But if you, if you just want to be on your own and you just want to be by yourself right now, Honestly, the easiest thing that you can do is just switch off all technology just for mm-hmm. just for like an hour. Switch off all distractions and you know what? Go sit outside. Just take in nature. Just be quiet and breathe and try your best to just be you in that moment. Yeah. And I think reminding ourselves constantly that we are just so blessed like even in our worst situations, we are so blessed to be alive and healthy and in the situation that we are in within our, within our like Western world. Mm. Um, if we bring ourselves to that point constantly of breathing, reminding ourselves that we're actually, we're so blessed and there is so much in our life that is good and we are amazing. We just need to remember that we're amazing bringing ourselves back to that point is really, really important. But yes, yeah, switching off the technology and just being with you. I think that is yes. incredibly, incredibly important. And you know what, then find something that will make you feel like you in that moment, go grab a book or go for a walk or, you know, I don't know, it really is different for everyone, but yeah. do one thing that's going to make you feel good. Um, and, and just an hour, like that's it just an hour for you. I love that so much. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) And it would literally be the same advice that I'd give. I think I was actually speaking on stories today about just taking some time this weekend just to go phone free 
is to put yeah. it in a different room and just to chill out. Especially when we do like, even if you don't have a business, chances are you have emails and we're just yeah. constantly connected to our emails, connected to our DMs. And it is such a privilege to be in that position, but it is also so, so draining. And yeah. especially like I'm definitely an introvert. I need to recharge. So it is yeah. hard when, even though you might be working from home by yourself or, you know, whatever job you have, you're still like, you still have all of this interaction, like coming from your phone or your computer or whatever. So you, yeah, exactly what you said. Think- you just need to put it all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what, like in that sense as well, it's so important to set boundaries for ourselves. So if we were in, so for for the women who do work at home or within their own business, like just because even with work, it it doesn't matter where, whatever you do to get food on your table, there has to be a boundary. You know, you cannot, you are a human being, you cannot be expected to be on email or be on call or whatever. 24 seven. I mean, unless that's your job role where you're, you know, uh, I don't know, working in a hospital or something like that, where there are lives on the line, but we can't be expected to be on call all the time because that is just absolutely like draining for the soul. It really is. We need to set a boundary between work life and home life. And I remember someone saying that to me when I was in my most like of like terrible time. And I just thought, gosh, what a shit thing to say. Like there's, it's impossible to have a work life. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And in a way it kind of is impossible to have a perfect balance, but mm. it is possible to create boundaries and to say, all right, yeah, I'm going to work on this when I get home a little bit, but I, I'm stopping by this time because yes. my family deserve my attention as well. Or I, I deserve to have time out from away from all of this work for a few hours or for the night so that I can actually be a hundred percent there the next day or my mm-hmm. partner deserves some of my attention as well. You know, like we need to create boundaries for ourselves. It's really important. And sometimes social media just takes over because we, we hear that ding and we focus on who's responding or, or who's asking questions or who's liking our content or whatever it is. And it, mm-hmm. yeah, it becomes incredibly distracting. Um, but you know what? We don't have to respond straight away. They'll get over it if we don't. Yes. No one's going to die. That's what I tell myself. No one's dying if you don't respond straight away or you don't do this till tomorrow. Like it's okay. You know, they'll understand. They might not showcase it, but yeah, they'll get it. Or if they don't get it, they'll get over it. Like, yeah. Or they're not for you. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. It's not worth it if they can't wait, you know, 24 business hours for you to respond. And on that note, my final piece of advice will be turn off your notifications if you haven't already. Oh my God. Yeah. I still, I still get surprised when I know people that still have them on and I'm like, how, how do you do that? Like, I turned mine off months ago because I just couldn't deal with the constant, like, it was just getting annoying really. Like just having it going off, which again is a very big privilege to have people wanting to chat to you. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God. There needs yeah. to, yeah, like you said, there needs to be a boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've got a few more questions for you. Um, okay. For I am asking this to all of my guests. Um, you don't know what it is yet because there's no episodes yeah. out, but <laughs> future ones will know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
So Rhythm and Words explores the rhythm of women in their 20s. So I would like to know how you describe your own rhythm right now at 29. My own rhythm right now. I am so incredibly excited and I'm in like this flow. So yeah, like this flow, like an excited flow. Um, And I'm just like, really ready I keep today's like focus has been dancing with life so I'm literally going to use that because that is just so perfect right now I'm excited I'm in this flow and I'm ready to dance with life and that is what exactly where I'm at right now I love that so much and you can tell like you're literally just radiating like light and warmth and excitement and that's I love it it's so good (laughs) so how would you say (laughs) On your super high right now, how would you say it's uh, changed compared to when you were in your early 20s, say like 20, 21, 22, that kind of era? (laughs) Oh, that's Daniela. So so in that part of, I call that my old life. So when I was that Daniela in my old life, I was so unsure of myself. Um, I was so judgmental on myself. And I really limited myself in terms of um, what, I, what I allowed myself to try, what I allowed myself to do, the people I, I allowed myself to um, mm. you know, speak to. I, I put myself down so much and I never gave myself a chance. And sometimes like this Daniela, so 29-year-old Daniela sometimes thinks, you know what, if you had only given yourself a chance yeah. and seeing that that light that you do have inside if you had noticed that back then wow you you would have really gone through this process a hell of a lot faster (laughs) because yeah I I think um and a lot of a lot of women do this um just from speaking Mm -hmm. to the women in my community we just we tear ourselves down before we give ourselves a chance and it's such a shame that we do that because every single one of us has something to give and there, is, there are so many people out there that need to hear our story. Mm-hmm. And I think if women are able to identify that, you know what, I, my story is so valid and the experiences that I have had really would be able to help someone who's in the same shoes. I'm just going to like be me and the right people will come my way and the things that I say will be valid to them and, and help them. That That's so exciting to me. Everything's freaking exciting to me and I love everything these days. That's good though. But it's really exciting. So um, I don't even know what the question was. This is what I no, do. No, that's an excellent answer. Yeah. It actually leads perfectly into my final question, which is if you have any advice to the girls who are about to enter their 20s, as I feel like turning the big two often triggers an existential crisis of sorts. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Okay, well, advice for those entering their 20s. Ladies, this is like <laughs> the most exciting time. Yeah. Honestly, you, there is so, you have access to like everything. You have access to so many opportunities. Mm. All you have to do is be like, what do I want? Like, what do I actually want to give, like try or give a go or whatever, you know, we're never going to know exactly what we want our life to look like at 20, but Mm -hmm. we know what we want to try. And I would so recommend that you just do it. Like take that leap. Don't wait for any permission. Oh, you know what? Here, here's your permission. (laughs) 
I, Daniela Elias, give you permission to go. Give it a go. Leap, try, just jump and do whatever it is that is calling you right now because you are in a time in your life where there are are no responsibilities. Like, (laughs) whatever you want. And in 10 years' time, you will look back and be like, wow, I, I lived so much in, in that time <laughs> and I learned so much. And so when you get to the next part of your life, you know, your 30s, you'll be like, wow, okay, I'm ready for what's next. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't regret not trying all of those things because all of those things that you try in your 20s and 30s and 40s, whenever, all the things that you try shape you and make you into who you are in each stage of your life and they're so important to experience so that's like the long answer but basically (laughs) just leap try and go for it whatever it is you want to do yes I literally got goosebumps while you were speaking (laughs) that is the best advice oh well thank you so much for being on my podcast and being so generous with your wisdom and advice uh, I know that it's going to help so many people so Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was so much fun. I'm so grateful that you've taken the time for you in this podcast today. I know how many shows are competing for your love. So thank you for choosing Rhythm and Words. If you like this episode, You can review us on Apple Podcasts and share this story with a woman who needs it. For more behind the scenes, you can catch us on Instagram at Rhythm and Words Podcast, online at rhythmandwords.com or join the conversation in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Women.